Regular gum is boring, but Icebreaker's ice cubes are different. They're fancy. Icebreaker's gum has flavor crystals, which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped, making them soft and satisfying to chew. Icebreaker's Ice Cubes Gum. Ooh, fancy. Pick up your favorite flavor today. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Come on for picture, first positions everyone, y'all go. And action! Hello and welcome to episode 366 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk... Filmmaking. From indie film to studio films and... High-end TV and everything in between. How to get them made. How to make them? Yeah. And how to try not to... Royally F them up. In our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson. I'm Dom Lenoir. And we are both writer, directors and producers. Um, But this is a special Friday episode, isn't it, Dom? It is. Because on Tuesday we had the director and writer Adam Siegel of Nando Fordor and the Talking Mongoose. And as mentioned on that episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, do go listen to it. It's fantastic. Um, Adam was amazing. The co-producer of Nando Fordor and the Talking Mongoose and also the publicist, Claire Bateman-King. What a treat. Yeah. So what do we talk about with Claire Bateman-King, Dom? We talk about how often people underprepare their marketing effort on their films. As Claire does not underprepare her marketing effort, let me tell you. No. We also talk about why you need to put marketing into your budget and why you should do your own press, PR, and maybe do your own premiere if the distributor will not. Yes. Um, we also talk about how she became a film producer, why she's setting up a distribution company or planning to and how do you keep good people in the industry if there isn't enough money Mm. Um, we go deep into this this is a great episode for those thinking about how you're going to sell your film market your film PR your film Claire is just the best at this Mm. Um, not only um, has she worked with Phil Hawkins before she was an actress in Four Warriors Phil Hawkins' film but she's an amazing uh, that aside she's an amazing marketing publicity person who runs Legion M um, which Don will tell you about in a minute Um, so she's worked on films like Mandy uh, Jay and Silent Bob Um, she's rebooted all those uh, films uh, creation stories recently and not only is she co-producer of Nando Fordor and the Talking Mongoose but also associate producer on Chasing Chasing Amy which is the documentary doing fantastic work uh, around the festival circuit directed by Sav Rogers um, she's also just recently produced The Tower which is Adam Siegel's next film or one of them um, mm. and this is about a mysterious mermaid trapped and forgotten for years in the water tower of a small southern town which stars Bella Thorne and Jack Kilmer um, mm. so that will be coming out in 2024 for you again cinematographized again DOP'd by Sarah <laughs> Dean who also did Nando Fordor and the Talking Mongoose which is what we're here to talk about mm. Dom tell people what the film is about tell people what Nando Fordor and the Talking Mongoose is about 
Well, it's about a, a talking mongoose. <laughs> so it is about uh, Simon Pegg and uh, Simon Pegg's character is a paranormal investigator with his fabulous assistant advisor played by Minnie Driver and they go and investigate amazing occurrences uh, such as a talking mongoose in the Isle of Man um, obviously the shenanigans and trying to prove slash disprove existence of said critter uh, with comedy and relationship drama along the way. There you go. Brilliantly well said. We mentioned Legion M, of which she is a key player. Dom, do you want to tell people about Legion M? Legion M basically partners with Hollywood and independent filmmakers uh, and studios to create a whole bunch of movies, TV and digital content. And the thing that they do is disruptive crowdfunding as a big part of their business model so it's a it's a very unique take on the the crowdfunding idea uh, that really involves the fans and uh, businessifies it yes and claire is a big big uh player shall we say in the comic-con world um and she did some amazing things with star wars uh back in the day and she is yes uh, obviously nando fordor and the talking mongers was at comic-con last year it's just it's just incredible what she manages to do she's one of those one of those yeah. wonderful people i saw in bafta the other day as i was editing uh mm. said episode uh and there she was her voice in my ear and i saw her face An apparition if you will yes and i got to meet her lovely husband as well which cool so shall we get to the episode um it's only a short one it's not a long one but it's amazing advice for you um and then we'll we'll talk about it at the other end sound good yeah all right uh, sit back relax this is claire bateman king talking all about pr marketing and producing nando Fordo and the talking mongoose which is out now on prime everyone if you've not watched it yet mm. go watch it so prime yourself enjoy Claire has entered the building. Ah, uh, just. Welcome. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. This is fun. I know. I know. Have you talked about the salubrious surroundings we're in? It's very glamorous. Yeah, it's very glamorous. Did we actually mention that? We did. We did, we did a few sort of court adjourns. Yeah, we literally yes. sat in a kind of courthouse. It's kind of funny, actually. Our first day of shooting was in a courthouse. Was it in Harrogate? Oh. Yeah, we were actually in the courts. Now I think about it, strangely accurate. It's amazing because I'm from Harrogate and you'd yeah. think that I'd have been in that, been courthouse, in that courthouse loads. Yes. <laughs> Sadly, I hadn't. Though I remember, <laughs> I remember getting, uh, the police pulled me over at one point and they said, right, we need you for a lineup. And I'm like, I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> and I shit myself for about, you know, five hours while I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And I did went they pick to this, you? They did pick me. Yeah. Do you know what was really weird? The actual, because I didn't know what was going on. I just went, oh God, they think I've done something. And I stood in the lineup. Oh my God. He did do it. And, did, and, yeah. and they pointed at me. <laughs> the woman pointed at me. I thought that's oh, it. Jeez, <laughs> that's it. You lie flashing from your eyes. I honestly thought I was going to prison. <laughs> and they've just opened the courthouse jail. <laughs> Jars have just been let out. Oh, yeah, got so let the out. bar around the corner from us is a jail. We can just move you into there afterwards. Exactly. It's all good. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us and to chat about Nandor. No problem. How cool, right? I, I, yeah. I really tried to get. I really tried to bring the the Nandor Fodor pin badge that you gave me. But yes, I, oh, I was in agony, bending over, trying to find it in the the drawer of drawers. And yeah, I, I had my selection of Nandor pins. I've been throwing at various people. The Baftas got well covered with Nandor pins. Yes, I was nice. throwing them at people at the Baftas yeah. Yeah. randomly. So we may be a small indie but it doesn't mean you can't be creative with what you're trying to do to totally promote stuff great. so literally various celebrities got 
pinned, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is quite fun. Historically so. and otherwise. I think you have to do anything you can with your film, right, to get people to notice it, whether it's a pin, whether it's a free mug or whatever it is. Exactly. Right? I mean, you know, big up to Ali Plum, who kind of lost his pin right before he interviewed Simon uh, Pegg for Mission Impossible. He was roaming around trying to find it. Uh, he was moving house at the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, everyone was trying to find these things and they were tipping up all over the place, which was good. But, yeah, we had, I mean, we had a huge panel at San Diego Comic-Con last year for Nandor, which is really unusual for a film about a talking mongoose. But we were in the second biggest room there. It was four and a half thousand people. Um, And then, you know, we managed to trade off some things with with sort of, you know, people I know at Comic-Cons. I've worked in the Comic-Con circuit for a really, really long time. Mm. So we had a trade off with some cosplayers to kind of walk around in 1930s gear, holding placards saying Jeff is real or Jeff is a hoax. And in exchange for their six hours of their time, I had got them a Comic-Con pass for four days. So, so, so our entire marketing wow. campaign cost eighty dollars. Because you you are you are a marketing sort of guru slash genius, and that ties into <laughs> your Legion M. How how did you? Because I think that's so important into why you're a good producer and why you get these films not only made but out there and onto people's eyes, you know, into their ears. Like, what, how did you learn all this stuff? Like, what's your mini, mini, you know, mini background? I have been doing it a, a long time in lots of weird sort of ways. And I was, it's only when you sort of look back on stuff, you, you realize kind of where you've got some of these things from. So, you know, back in the early days of the internet, um, we were one of the first, you know, 1999, we're talking here, really mm. long time ago. Still reading Beano's. Still reading Beano's. Yeah, so yeah, a long time ago, you know, we, um, I mean, some, some people had this website that was counting down to, you know, the launch of the new Star Wars movie. So we built this massive community online, which we eventually sold to kind of DreamWorks. I moved to LA because of it. I mean, it was absolutely huge, but it was just a bunch of people on the internet making a lot of noise. Mm. Now that's harder to do these days because everyone's on the internet making a lot of noise. So are you just noisier? Maybe I was just, we were just noisy (laughs) at the time. And we were unusual. You know, the world's first 24 hour internet broadcast was done by us on the street at Hollywood Boulevard. It was a 24, it was a cooking show that we did kind of overnight on the street. And it was the first 24 hour internet broadcast. Cables running along the street to the tour at these the tourist shop next door there was no wi-fi mm-hmm. then that didn't exist it was mm-hmm. all cable so um you know i've been doing this a long time and so you get to know a lot of people and you know just sort of chief nerd and again i only realized recently i'm female chief nerd i didn't yeah. realize until someone pointed it out a few years a ago ner- that, that, yeah nerdess queen of maybe. nerds yeah can't um, you just be chief nerd did you, i didn't realize it had to be gender specific yeah, yeah. but i think i think i think we could bring out nerdette and, and nerdess though it's, it's mm, gone it's gone that's a good t-shirt you could, yeah. you could, you could, you could slogan could. it i nearly wore my t-shirt this evening i've got a t-shirt i've actually got my jeff t-shirt today oh, but yeah. um i do um i did i do actually have one in a cafe is that yeah all right no he's just yeah he is he's in a diner lovely he's got he's got a cheeky grin on his but wicked i did actually um have i've got a t-shirt home that says geeks versus everybody which is kind of about right really yeah, it's about right but it's just it's about taking the time I and mean, i get frustrated with some sort of distribution things where unlike i understand you know they churn out product and things go out quickly you haven't got time to be creative but for me that's the most interesting part of it and i was saying before that sat outside um that i can send you some pictures but uh, you know there's a 1930s isle of man newspaper that i made as a promotional thing for the la premiere for this which was literally me sat in my pajamas with three hours on the internet pulling 1930s newspaper ads, writing articles, the whole thing to print cost me like $250. Wow. But then the studio was like... Effect on the movie, priceless. Yeah, yes. but it's, it's a cute little... Keeps it. People tweet yeah. about it, talk about it. It's those little things. Look, you're not going to suddenly turn a small independent movie into the Avengers, right? No. That takes more than a bit of... Mar- that, that's yeah. a lightning in a bottle yeah. situation, yeah. right? You've got to do something. It's, it's making something stand out. We've all had the situation where, especially with streaming now and the growth of it, and I understand the growth of it, that you'll tune, tune in and you'll see a movie that's got, you know, Tom Hanks or something, mm. you go, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Mm. 
What kind of world is that now where you have yeah. films that big? Yes. And you don't know about mm-hmm. it. That kind of confuses me immensely. But it's just the way it is now. And it's trying to just stick your head above the parapet. I think it it, it, it troubles me, that, especially with like a load of indie films. Companies just think, oh, well, it's an indie film, so we'll just put it into the system. We'll, yeah. we'll just chuck it out. Yeah. We won't really think of anything special because we can't afford to. I would say you can't afford not to. Oh, so it just disappears. You're almost kind of wasting your money to a certain extent. Yeah. And, look, and I understand you. They do buy it and they put it on. It takes up the airtime and that's fine. But there are some films, not all of them, but there are some where you can take a nugget out and kind of go, okay, this is a three million film. We can just put it up online and do what we can do this, whatever with it. Or we might be able to turn it into a 10 million film. We might actually be able to make money off it and again we're not turning out like oh give me your tiny you know your Blair Witch was the one in back in my day in mm-hmm. 99 your very small budget and turn it into a hundred million blockbuster you can't look at that as a goal that you, you're going to be chasing your tail mm. but the your goal to tail. kind of flip your profit that is achievable by getting yeah. people sort of behind it being a little bit clever targeting the right people going out to the comic cons I try and cast movies now and we're looking at a few more at the moment I try and cast them with people who are active within the Comic-Con circuit Mm. because then they will go out paid for by the Comic-Cons to promote your film. Oh, you're doing signings for a weekend. So they're doing their own thing. They're making their money, but they're doing a panel. Could you mention us at the panel and talk about it at the panel? You've got a free tour. Yes. Now an indie movie can't afford to take big celebs on tour. No. So it's a cheat. But it's backwards casting to a certain extent. You try every trick in the book, really, with those kind of things to try and make people kind of, you know, talk about it in one way, shape or form. And I said, it just elevates you that tiny little bit. Um, I had a lot of people to go, oh, that's that Mongoose movie, right? Yes, because yeah. they'd heard of it because they'd, you'd put the work in and you'd they'd heard put it about out it. There. They didn't know that, but I've heard of this. Mm. And that's your first step. I mean, you can't do any, you could have made the most incredible bit of genius, but if nobody's even heard of it, you're, yes, you're, it de- you're dead in the water. So if you can just get a little bit of interest to get people to dig that little bit further, well, then that's on them, but you've just got to just wave it in front of their faces mm. a little bit. And with the Comic Con thing, then, is I take it um, this film is going to be there this time as well coming up? Well, no, because it will be, be there. I'll be there. I'm always but, there. I because you can't have any actors at the moment that's the problem that has really obviously that's truncated like nearly all the indies that's the real real problem I mean we just did a big premiere in LA and we have a small you know sort of event tonight Um, we've done it without the studios in both cases for these we've self-funded it with people because um, we wanted to do it we wanted to do it for the crew the premiere in LA was big we had 450 people at the Chinese theatre wow so we still made some noise, mm. yeah. but we kind of literally self-funded it through a sponsor mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, private investors and things like that. So there's ways to do it. And I'm not going to lie. The effort is, is extra. It's, it's well, not easy work. Well, we saw you when we arrived. Yeah. <laughs> Literally putting L- literally up building a step building and repeat. Step and repeat. Yeah, so, you know, you have to just get stuck in. And if mm. you do have a bunch of people who won't do that, that's going to be hard work. But generally, you know, if you can if you can find them, you know, making your entire crew feel kind of like this film is, is really worth something to them. Yeah. Everybody piles in. I feel like it. Some, some films that don't even do like the premiere and then take the pictures and organize yeah. like a decent venue. It's like it costs so little compared to the budget of the movie. Mm. We're not talking Leicester Square and lights yeah. and stuff like here, you know, I mean, yeah. you can you can do it very cheaply and still get the photographs because yeah. in the, the end, as far as the press is exactly. concerned, you're after the photographs on the front of the Evening Standard. You don't need to shut down Leicester Square for that. Yeah, very true. You but don't have you do, to. You can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, yeah. I mean, you have to do Transformers with like, you know, a giant transformer in the middle, but you can still pay a couple of grand yeah. and get it shown that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do the giant builds. You 
you just need a step and repeat, a pot plant, and away you go. And if you get a Getty <laughs> photographer there, it'll make it onto the wires. If you have casts that will all do that, step and repeat's a few hundred pounds. Yeah, and they and that is so important as filmmakers. They seem to forget that they also think distributors or sales or studio, if they have got one behind them, will do it. And you yeah. just proved that actually most of the time they might. Yeah. But if you, you can't don't rely do, on them, that's right. it. I think, and I think that's becoming for indies. It's more and more the case as well. That and and that's and it's not a criticism really. They look at where the best they can allocate their money, and that that's fine. And while it's frustrating, they wouldn't perhaps do something. Well, we've just done it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So you don't always allow what I'm starting to do. It's a little bit unorthodox. Let's see how we go with it. We've got a couple of projects on the fly at the moment where we're literally baking in a marketing budget to the budget mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Now, if we don't use it, if 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 a studio buy it and they just go, yes, we'll take this off you, and we're going to do a million pounds. Well, fine, off you go. Lovely. Yeah. Okay. We've got more money to quickly get back to investors. Mm-hmm. But we're putting in a solid chunk of money at the beginning. So if they don't step up. Mm-hmm. I, I've got a budget to do something. So on a million pound budget, how much do you think should go on to marketing? This one is four million. We've probably spent about 30. Million. <laughs> I wish, could you pound. imagine? We spent about 30 grand. 30 grand. Yeah, okay, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. 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 Probably less than that. that. Well, probably um, maybe a little less, I think. Maybe about 25, actually. Probably more like 25. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. To be fair, for, on a four million, I thought, because we'd spent, yeah. we spent about that on three day. Just on my three lunch, day millionaire. lunch bill. And just on yeah. Tom's lunch. And we did, we did, we did Comic-Con. And bear in mind, that's including hotel rooms at Comic-Con, which yeah. are ah, okay. hell on wheels. Yeah. So that's a lot of money as well. Then mm. the LA premiere was a pretty solid chunk. Yes. Um, and then obviously the little, little bits and pieces for here and stuff. But so, so how, yeah. how did you forge this one uh, in terms of the investment? Like, what, 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 the, what time did you get involved? Was it entirely through the sort of Legion M kind of crowdfunding model? No, it was or? the other way around. I actually brought Legion M onto this one. This was my project first. Um, it was one of those slightly serendipitous sort of things. I came onto it sort of fairly late. Um, when I was in 2019, I was on set with Kevin Smith for Jane Son and Bob Reboot. We're over in New Orleans. And uh, there was a fellow UK producer who was on set that I at that time was an aspiring producer. I have been working in film for 30 years, give or take, in various forms, but not actually got around to actually producing a film. So everyone on set was going, there's another Brit here. You've got to meet him. You've got to meet him. So eventually we did. So I think you might know Dominic Burns. Yeah, no, no, Dominic. No, Dominic yeah. Burns. Yeah, another great, another well, great yes, Dominic. Another great Dominic. Yeah, he, produced, Dominic. he produced this movie Ex- as well. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we hit it off and he says, and eventually we were chatting. We had loads of friends in common, et cetera. And he was like, you know what? It, it's just stupid to me that you've not produced a movie. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get, get it. it. You produce yeah. million dollar events. I just, I don't get it. Yeah. And I said, yeah, no, I've just been so busy. I've never really actively pushed that way. And he went, yeah, well, that's stupid. He says, well, next time I'm doing a movie, you're going to come do it with me. Brilliant. Yeah. So then the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, tough on the mongoose population. Tough on the mongoose population. <laughs> tough on all the population. So then we got to, it was, I think it was February 21. I was literally on the ramp walking down a to plane go to LA. Mm-hmm. Dom texted me mm-hmm. and it was the Other script. Dom. Dom, mm-hmm. And he just, okay. and he said, uh, read this now. That was yeah. it. I'm like, ooh, sounds urgent. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, he's ooh, true like to his word. So on the, right, Which get on nice. the plane now, I'll yeah. read it. On, I'll read it on the plane. <laughs> so I read it on the plane. I'm like, and straight I was like, oh, I like this. This is great. Yeah. Straight away, I was like, this is great. So I read it. So about two hours in, I texted him back and I'm like, this is great. Are you doing this project? And he went, you like it? I said, yeah. And he goes, great. So you're doing it now as well. I'm like, oh, wait, what? And he said, and here's the other bit. Simon Pegg signed on. So that that's where that's it was at that time. I'm like, whoa, oh my God. Yeah. Um, so then I, of course, still on the plane, mm-hmm. yep. text all the Legion M guys as well. I'm like, this is cool. And Simon Pegg's on it. You might want to take a look. Mm. And then I was arranging with Adam. To, I'd not met him. Didn't know Adam at all. To meet him the next morning 
um, in Los Angeles. So all these bits, all that. By the time I'd landed, I was meeting Adam like hours later. <laughs> Legion M were basically almost on board. Because you don't, with, you were like, they're yeah, on board. With the you last bit of, work slowly. With yeah. a final bit of financing because it still wasn't fully financed. Uh, so they uh, came in with a bit of financing. Oh, wow. Then coming on board helped someone else come on board because of the marketing and stuff that kind of went with mm. that. Um, and then, yeah, I met Adam for lunch the next morning. I met him for brunch at 11 o'clock. We parted about two o'clock and then went out again in the evening because I was out with Kevin Smith. And he's like, I want to meet Kevin Smith. So we went out again. Perfect. So we had a whole, and I trained Kevin very, very well, who I've known for many years, because I'd sort of texted him in advance saying, I'm going to introduce you to a guy called Adam. He's directing a Simon Pegg movie. I really would like, I really want to be part of this one. So put in a good word. Be cool. Be, be cool, cool, Kevin. So, and of course, Kevin just went straight and go, oh, hello, hello. Yeah, Claire mentioned you. You should hire her. She's fabulous. Hey. I was like, nicely done, Kevin. Like, and yeah, Adam was like, this is what I keep hearing. So I think probably I will. So I'm like, yay. yay. So yeah, and then we started filming in May. And that's amazing. And yeah. so technically, this amazing. is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So technically, this is your first yeah first feature first feature coming out the gate now. it is you which is a nice producer. one to, nice one to start it's with a great one. and then adam and i've just done tower in arkansas yes. as well with yeah. bella thorne and jack kilmer so we yeah. just wrapped that in july yeah great people with great profiles as well. yes so that and again very small budget but really interesting um script and sort of so you know we'll see how that one sort of all pieces together and then i'm currently racing around or have been racing around london film festival with uh, the documentary chasing chasing amy yeah. which is again kevin smith adjacent which you is chasing just, chasing amy. chasing chasing we've been killing it at the festivals because yes. it's been at Tribeca it's been, it's, it's beautiful it's been killing it I yeah. can't wait to see that yeah. that looks so it's good. so nice um, yeah. so that's been a joy so we're looking at releasing that next year mm, to nice. in cinemas because we've got a lot of people contacting about that mm. and uh, myself and another couple of producers were looking at setting up a production and distribution company and start with that one because of our aforementioned frustration with you know the lack of yeah. creativity and distribution yeah or, or, or lack amount, of effort sometimes yeah mm. the amount of people who are just kind of like you should just do it yourself I'm like maybe I should I mean, maybe not, I will it's not a bad thing because actually there's a pocket and there's a, and actually if you've got your own movie and you've got your own company it's just kind of what the studios do so you kind of yeah. go why are we going to the middleman who are going to take all the money from the filmmakers exactly why not exactly. we do this ourselves that's the idea I've done it on one film and I, I probably it's just a lot of work yeah. when I've got other stuff to do but if there's a team around you doing exactly. it it makes total sense and one of my dreams is to at one point I have a friend of mine doing this is to actually kind of own a cinema so I figured at the end I might be able to finance a movie <laughs> Tarrant. Make a movie, PR it, marketing it, distribute it, and exhibit it. I might have the full. Wow! <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes, That's really you weird, could, actually. Could, I mean, Tarantino's done it. So, exactly. So you know, why, I mean, Tarantino and me. I mean, why not? You're, I'm totally yeah. in the same league. Totally same world. <laughs> what have you learned then from producing a movie? What's the big takeaway that you didn't think was going to be as hard as it was? I think there's a lot that's hard. That... <sighs> don't like to disagree the egos you've got to watch it mm. i have a, i'm i'm old and i'm cranky and i'm british right yep. i have a very strict no, i have, have a very strict no arsehole policy great good yeah good fantastic and i it's been fine but it does get tested with some Arseholes. things mm. yeah. which i found <laughs> interesting across uh -huh. the process which i haven't in in years of doing literally multi-million dollar events haven't really hit on it before mm. and it's just watching the kind of playground push and pull of some things and i'm like okay interesting mm. so that's i've got to learn to ignore it i mm. suppose in some ways and also this is a hard one because this could this could work for or against you almost not get too personally involved in some of these films mm. because it's if it's your baby oh yeah. now i don't write it i don't direct it i'm pretty, you've got to be quite structurally how i will always look at a project from the top down yeah that's brilliant how do we sell it Yes. And okay. I'm very big on the, well, how am I going to get the investors their money back? Mm. This is art, but no one's going to watch it. 
well, okay, I probably won't touch too much of that. I'm looking at quite commercial things like I, I want to be able to have my investors go, this is amazing. What are you doing next? Exactly. I will always exactly. come at it that way. Yeah. As in, I need the box to put that in because studios need a box. Yeah. They need. So I found that, I found that interesting that apparently not many people do it that way, mm. that not many producers do the end of the movie. They all do the front, but they mm -hmm. don't, oh, I finished yeah. it. What the it's hell do we very, do now? Very rare. Yeah. They just producers. give it over to a sales agent distributor. Yeah. yeah and just hope and, that and they then, do what they then, like. And then, yeah. then you spend like two years chasing them. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I'm, are so you that, doing, are you doing the, are you selling the film? Are you selling yeah. the film? Mm. Yeah. Are they? And I know there's, and obviously there's a big, there's a big debate at the moment about how producers get paid or not. Or not. Mm. Yes. And that is also very challenging. And it's interesting. We're looking at trying to change that with sort of, with our sort of productions where like, okay, you know, you get 20, it's, it's not fair that you work two years on a, a film and you're yeah. the first ones to defer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you should be kind of, so how do you keep good people in the industry that way? Yeah. Well, this is why there's a big problem and a big hole yeah. right now in the industry where everyone's screaming out for producers yeah. and producers are going, well, I can't do this anymore. I've got yeah. family to I, keep I, exactly. up. Exactly. So, not you know, I might money. be horribly naive or just, or I don't know, but I'm looking at this going, there has to be a different way to doing it. So I'm kind of looking at the, okay, well, every producer that we do stuff with, you'll get 25% upfront. You'll be paid as crew throughout Great. on a weekly salary as crew. Mm -hmm. And then the rest goes at the end. And that's the bit that might get deferred, but you still have a payment for work that you've done. Perfect. Because how do you make, keep people engaged? If And I'm this I'm mm -hmm. seeing a lot. How do you keep people engaged if they're pissed off half the time? Because mm. they can't, because they haven't got the money. They're literally yeah. frustrated. Yes. Someone's pissing them off and they've got to deal with yeah. that. And it's, again, coming in oh. as an outside looking going, th this works weirdly. Yeah. There has to be a Lots slightly better way to no do game. this. Mm. Um, I've never seen an industry. So it's, I might be horribly naive, but let's see. Let's see how we go. But um, yeah, it's it's been a fascinating ride so far. And yeah, what a film to start with. I've been very lucky. What a film to yeah. start with. Nandor and Among Us. But thank you for joining us for this. You're very welcome. This has been a really lovely little... <laughs> it has been a real treat. Yeah. So well, thank you very much, guys. Tomorrow. You know, after the amazing people you speak to, I'm honoured to uh, join the list. Another yeah. one. Another one here. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, Nandor, Fordor, and the Talking Mongoose yeah. is out... Now. November now. the 8th. They moved <laughs> yes. it last night. Ooh, they... We only got told last night it's moved. It's because it's, it's uh, moving out to November the 8th. Okay. Who's disputing it? Uh, mm -hmm. It is signature here. It is, signature. and then it's going to be. It's on Amazon Prime, though. Is, uh, is uh, where you'll be able to find it. That's where people can find it. Link yes. to that will be in the show notes because I'll have it by then. Yes. Um, and this film, go watch it. I can't wait to see it. I'm seeing it tonight for the first time. Now I'm literally about to walk With into me the running room. it off my laptop. Hopefully yes. without pop ups. Yes. Oh it's going to be a very really? stressful screening for <laughs> <Yeah>. me, guys. <laughs> Talking about doing it the indie way. Yeah. It's running off my computer. Yeah, DCP. I, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, we had to change the back end of the DCP, um, and we don't have a new DCP for the European version. Wow. So we've had to run. We've literally only got it on this version. So Mistakes. I'll be sweating away in the process. Mm -hmm. Hope I don't Excellent. get random emails or something that pop up. <laughs> yeah, on yeah, or worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my god, spam emails. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Indie filmmaking. Yay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> bye, bye bye. Bye. So there we have it. There we are. That was Claire Bateman King. How amazing was that? Oh, what a treat. What a treat. Absolute treat, ladies and gentlemen. What do we feel then? about marketing and PR. It's one of the things that when filmmakers start out trying to make their films, especially when you're beginning as a filmmaker, you go, oh, well, don't worry, the distributors will do that. We'll do that later. But actually, mm. it's one of the most important things because if people mm. don't know about it, how are they going to watch it? Yeah, well, I think it's, I think it's also where you spend your money is quite important you know i was discussing with someone recently about um cinema runs and they were they were looking at spending like loads of money on the premiere but then you know not a very big premiere sort of premises and and you know i was kind of thinking about it and like well you're spending all this money on pr and, and whatever whatever and you're you're doing the photos and yeah okay the photos are nice 
but actually you're you've only got like a very small number of people in a small cinema whereas you know i would always say go for a bigger screen more um you know more people talking about it more people can spread the word you know regular gum is boring but icebreakers ice cubes are different they're fancy Icebreakers gum has flavor crystals, which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped, making them soft and satisfying to chew. Icebreakers Ice Cubes gum. Ooh, fancy. Pick up your favorite flavor today. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, Brady PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus. Sometimes you've got to really think, especially on indie budgets, like how far you can push. Uh, those budgets. I, I suppose I'm looking more at the, the lower end of, um, the, you know, the, the budgets in, in the indie world. Um, mm. But you've got, you've got to think, you know, you can actually get quite a lot for your money if you're if you're smart with it, and you can get quite a few cinemas, and you can get a good press outreach, and you can target certain areas. Um, you just got to be smart about it and put the effort in. That's the that's the key takeaway from Claire is put the effort in and don't just come up with a half-assed generic let's just chuck the movie out there approach that a lot of sales agents and distributors do tend to do on titles with um you know their sort of smaller titles because you know they just think oh well it's, it's going to do what it's going to do um mm. i mean you see like hunger games and and they're doing you know they've got a, a whole uh, fully enclosed tube um you know on the un- london underground like a mur- mural i mean if you think about the footfall that that's going to get and i'm not saying you, sh- you should do that for your film because it's probably way beyond any marketing um spend that you could have but it's that outside the box thinking that you need to have um like what can i do that's going to get a lot of people's attention on this that's going to stand out and get them watching it yeah it's so difficult like i say sales and distributors you know they've got their plans they've got their spend for the year and you know even though you do have a marketing cap in your and a budget with the distributors that doesn't mean they're going to spend that money um on your film particularly it depends how well it does it depends how what's happening with it in the festivals if it's getting the right kind of buzz but if it's not if you were a distributor or a sales agent or in this case distributor would you be spending lots of money on a film that probably won't get a return and you've got to think of it that way and then you go okay well what can i do then what can I be doing to make a splash? And obviously social media, you've got to be setting that up. Um, you've got to have a presence online, you know, with the website, just to guide people somewhere. Um, mm. But this is your film. Um, and as much as it's in the hands of other people right now, if you don't push it forward, no one else is. If you're not the no. one banging down the doors of the cinemas uh, and putting it out on your socials and getting your friends to tell your friends, no one's going to hear of it. 
It's just a sad truth. Getting on podcasts, it's so true. This is why we support as many indie films as we can on this podcast, because we want them to have a voice. Um, and obviously, it's just a small footfall from our side. But like I say, if, you, if there is indie films from this podcast, do go support them. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, if someone's come on and talk to you, go watch their films and support, because you want them to do it to yours uh, when yours comes out. So you do have to think outside the box, as Dom said. There's so many things you can do. There's so many, so much advice now online for this or podcasts like this um but you do have to no, you no, do no, have not, to do not, it not podcasts like this this one no don't go, anywhere, po- don't go anywhere else just this dare one. You. yeah that, that's <laughs> true <laughs> um but it is it is vital that you you do that and and think about it from the very beginning who is the audience for this and that's what do you know what? that's really interesting about facebook and people obviously it's the mongoose com- community Yes, the Mongoose community for a film like this. But it's also people who like those quirky, kind of uh, Poirot, wacky type films like that, mm. who would love this. And it's the same for any film. So from, but from the beginning, you have to be thinking about who is the target audience for this film. Claire mm. knew that with Simon Pegg, she could get, you know, Comic-Con. People would be very interested here. Mm. If you haven't got a Simon Pegg, how do you do it? How do you break through? You don't. <laughs> 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 no, you do. You've just got to think about how to do yeah, it. Yeah, you struggle. You struggle. Uh, well, well, look, Barbie's a very different case because they had so much money, but they were very clever with their marketing. I'm not saying you can do that, of course, as indie filmmakers, but oh my god, just look at how they did that. That was super mm. clever. You really, really got into everyone's well, okay. eyes. I, I mean, I'm, 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 I don't want to sort of jump on the back and claim that this is clever, but while we're on the topic of, of, of stuffed animals, stuffed animals that are you know in films, um, yes. for when the screaming starts with um, Connor Burrow directed, which I helped uh, produce. Yes, um, we took Richard the cat, which was a stuffed cat that had actually quite a minor role in the film, um, but was a, a very well-made you know fake cat uh, created in Siberia somewhere. Um, we took him in, in in his tuxedo to the. Someone put him in in, in a tuxedo for the premiere, uh, and immediately I saw that and I was like, right, that's that's the unique marketing thing for the cat. And um, Richard has now been on on many um, you know international adventures. He's been to Poland. He's been to Cannes. Um, and, and actually, it always it always grabs people's attention because they're like, "Oh, there's a stuffed cat." Um, you know, what, what's what's he doing? Um, yes. Obviously, he's being a stuffed cat, but yeah. it makes great press pictures. It, it stands out. It, it suddenly makes um, you know, it suddenly makes people turn their head where they they wouldn't necessarily. So, um, mm. I hope, yep. I, hope uh, I hope Claire has a, a mongoose that they can take along to. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure she does. Well, it, oh, it's uh, Neil Gaiman's doing the voice for it. I'm, I don't know if he's. Oh well, yeah. Enough. I mean, take uh, take Neil along. Can yeah, dress him. dress, yes, it, dress Neil up. Dress Neil up in a giant <laughs> mongoose suit. <laughs> That'll turn some But Dom, Dom's absolutely right, and that so worked for um, when the screaming starts, because it was a talking point at Fright Fest. There it was, so people would come up and go, "What's that about?" It just sets you apart, you know. Even the small things As an like idiot. that. <laughs> Yeah, as an idiot, and you might feel silly doing it sometimes, but actually, no one be cares. An idiot. It's like, yeah, yeah, be an idiot. Do something to get your film noticed. Um, yeah, it's really important. Um, like I say, there's, we could go into so many, so much detail about how to do this, but you've got to think we for yourself did. as well. We just yeah. did some detail, but you you can think for yourself and think how you how you can get your film and what is it? Is it World War Two yeah. film? Okay, then target that audience. Um, mm. Is it um, not not like they were in World War Two though? No, no, but talking the audience, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but talking to people who like those films, 
Um, mm. Is it, uh, you know, is it murder mystery? Okay, target the people who go to murder mysteries. You know, it's mm. little things like that. And and as much as people do poo-poo Facebook, actually, Facebook is amazing at targeting the right audience. If you know it's on your feed, you sometimes get annoying ads, but most of the time you get ads that are tailored to you. Mm. And uh, for very little money... Um, Does that mean you're annoying by default? Yes, massively. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I don't work for Facebook in any way, but actually it really worked for Three Day Millionaire because we were targeting, you know, um, Grimsby, people from Grimsby, people who like comedy, people who like Jonas Armstrong or Colin Meany. Do you know what I mean? We were like, okay, how do we do this? And therefore people on their Facebook profiles, they put in what films they like, what music they like. So because we had the Waterboys in our soundtrack uh, for Three Day Millionaire, we could then target that on Facebook and really be very specific about the numbers. So if people clicked on it, they were actually interested in watching it. So we weren't just throwing money down the drain to go and blanket email marketing. It was mm-hmm. very tailored. And we had someone doing that for us, which you know didn't cost us too much money. And you can do that too. Unlike my food bill. Unlike Dom's food bill, which <laughs> did cost me a, a lot of money, as it turns <laughs> out. Um, he likes to eat well. As much as Dom is amazing, you want to take him on tour with you. You know, just be aware that um, you might be there's better a, off taking a, Richard a, the Cat a, <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah, but also about the poster. What does it look like? What's on it? Um, who are your front runners? You know, that's why you've you've got to be friends with your cast and crew. Hopefully, they will push it. They're your champions as well. Um, it's very important. And if you did a crowdfunder, oh my God, they're your champions. Make sure they're part of your team. Um, when when putting your film out as well. Um, all right, there we go. Wasn't Claire Bateman King amazing? Um, I'll put her links to all her bits and pieces, <laughs> or links to all her social handles. Follow her. Tell her how amazing she is for doing this, for chatting to us and you, uh, and giving you knowledge about getting your film released. Uh, so Tuesday, Dom, who do we have? Very exciting. Oh, we've got a we've got a killer episode ahead of us. Ooh, is it the killer by chance? Yeah. It, it might be. It might be. Is it David Fincher's The Killer? It, it, it might well be, yeah. So is it David Fincher's The Killer? It, it, it is, yes. <laughs> yeah, oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So the um, the first one, I'll give, I'll give you a hint who it is. Uh... <gasps> is, it, is, it, is it Eric Messerschmitt? Yes. <laughs> the cinematographer of The Killer. David it might be yes, killer. yeah. <gasps> yeah. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to do a message Schmidt joke, you know, on the episode. But I, I feel like it would be remiss of me not to at least do some kind of reference to the the iconic plane. Um, mm. I'm sure he's never heard it before. Um, with the no, no, probably not. No. He's a fantastic cinematographer. Uh, interestingly, his first movie was Mank uh, that he DOP'd. Obviously, yes. lots of telly before that, and now he's back with David Fincher for a second yep. round of many, many takes uh, yeah. on the films with Michael Fassbender's The Killer. Mm. Dom, it sounds like there might be more than just it Eric Messerschmitt. Yeah, we have got Kirk Baxter, the fantastic oh. editor, and we've also got Ren Kleiss, the sound designer. Um, and it's, it's quite interesting because all of these um, all of these um, wonderful people. First of all, that it's it's actually a good um, it's a good example of I don't want to say working your way up on on big films, but it's working your way sideways because we've had we've had people that have started collaborating like you know out out of these three um, 
these three guests like uh, a couple of them started working in different roles or in minor roles um with him and then we were actually offered the sort of the lead position on new projects i mean that might have been due to availability or just you know david seeing something that was ideal and thought okay i'll give them a, a shot at this role um and um they've been sort of long-term collaborators um in some capacity so it's a uh, it's great sort of hearing those different insights and uh, how he works it's going to be a beautiful episode. That will be for you next Tuesday. Um, so have a great weekend, everyone. If you haven't listened to Adam Siegel's episode, uh, the director and writer of Nando Forder on the Talking Mongoose, which is out now on Prime, uh, then do go listen to that. Link to that will be in the show notes. It's brilliant. He's ace. Um, right. Uh, so next Tuesday, The Killer. Until then, take care. Go make your movies. Make it happen. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, Dom. Bye, Charles. Bye.